from the trenches. Hi, and welcome to From the Trenches, coming to you live from Brisbane ZeroCon 2019. We are here with the founder of Zero, Mr. Rod Drew. Rod, how are you? Can I say it's a pretty comfortable trench. There's a kale salad, uh, fresh juice. It's uh, We're not doing it hard today. Well, we, we've done a walk around. We've done a walk around uh, video for our LinkedIn Live. There is a nail salon. There is a barber. There is... There's uh, donuts stuck on the wall. We saw the wall of donuts. We did. <laughs> it was a little bit Willy Wonka. Just watched that with my kids. It is amazing. Uh, you and I were... Uh, my first ZeroCon was uh, Taupo... I can't remember when, uh, nine years ago. Uh, this really, it was about 12 kilos for me. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was probably 12 kilos for me as well. Um, how have you seen, like just the zero cons, you've been to all of them around the world. Can you believe at the size and the scale that is different now than, or did you always dream it? Yeah, so we did always dream it, right? And I was just catching up with Chris Ridd, who was our sort of um, first um, sort of growing up managing director in our Australian business. And um, we both came up through the Microsoft world. And for us, the Microsoft Tech Ed was the big, big global event we used to do. You know, uh, every year it was huge, all of the development community in Australia and New Zealand would go to those. And um, when we started, I was saying to Chris, you know, imagine, you know, this will be bigger than tech yet. It'll be multi-days, it'll be multi-countries. It won't be about us. It'll be about other add-on partners. There'll be international speakers. And I think we're now four times bigger than tech yet in Australia, which is nuts. So, yeah, have to pinch ourselves. And I, I come back every, I mean, every year and this is this is my ninth. should be my tenth. I missed one for the birth of my son. And, and I think, yeah, travel. didn't you have a combi here one year? Well, yeah, we did have the combi. And that will be in my presentation tomorrow at 1.30. Um, I, you can drop past if you want. We do mm. have the combi. It, it ran twice. Uh, once we drove it into ZeroCon and nearly, <laughs> and nearly gassed out the entire joint. Mm. And the second one was for a BRW photo shoot. It never drove again, drove again. So, yeah. But yes, and I've got a photo I think of Amish. That, I think Amish that same year I ticked off one of the goals. I always wanted to ride a Harley Davidson. So I drove um, uh, Jason's V-Rod down in the car park. Yep, there you go. And I got a photo with Hamish Edwards was in the combi, uh, <laughs> in, in the hall. So no, it, look, it's crazy. And so, so you're... Um, uh, still on the board, um, but it largely stepped away from the day-to-day. So uh, what I want to talk to you about today and is to get, you know, I guess a download of what the last 10 years must have been like in the industry from um, sort of the, the view as the founder and some of the challenges you've had through all of that time. I mean, from the beginnings, and I've always loved the story, the story that I tell everyone who asks about Zero is that yourself and Hamish just literally stalked, and I know that's a bad word, but there's a better word than that, but followed business owners from breakfast, from 6 a.m. and just learned what they did. You studied what they did, and all you've ever tried to do is make their lives easier, which you've done. You know, it's still the best bank rank I've ever seen, um, and, and it's amazing. How do you then go, you know, what was it like in those early days in New Zealand, but then coming to Australia? Yeah, so um, you know, so the origin story of of Zero was um, was actually my last business after Mail. Um, I'd actually written a written a, written a bit of demo, um, a double entry accounting software using you know, Microsoft Active Server pages at the time, and I thought this would be really cool to build, but I wasn't quite ready to do it. I, I 
I didn't have enough money. So we ended up doing um, doing a little tech business uh, called Aftermail, an email archiving solutions. And I knew Hamish, he was my accountant at the time. And I thought, right, we're probably going to build this business up and we'll probably sell it. So let's get it right, right from the beginning. Let's you know have our accountant build our chart of accounts, get all our processes, almost have our due diligence folders all set to go, everything in nice files. So we started off with the best intentions and... You know, we looked around, um, you know, the, the sort of best accounting product of the day was uh, MYOB. And we thought, okay, let's, um, you know, let's uh, do, it, do it all right. And then, then we had the experience of actually trying to do it. It took two or three days to get the software set up. We had to fax codes away. And what was really dumb was um, even though I wanted my accountant involved in the business, what had happened is we'd sort of have a first offer at putting all of the numbers in. Um, we'd get some of them wrong, I guess. Uh, we'd have to burn a copy of a disk send it to him. Two or three days later, he might open it. By this time, we've had to do invoicing. So the data's out of sync, never came back, fixed up. We're dealing with broken data. And it was just, this should all be on the same system. The accountant and the small business should be all be on exactly the same system, just log into it. And that's what the cloud allowed. So um, that was really the origin story. And once we, um, once we worked out we could do that, a whole lot of other improvements came through and we just chased the friction. To you know, to to have accountants and small business owners working together, and that's something that's been just absolutely primated from primary to zero. Because small business is a high touch environment. As a global vendor, you can't talk to every small business customer. That's never been our model. So ZeroCon is only accountants. We've never invited small businesses here. It's about how do we leverage that technology to make that relationship, make accountants smarter, so that they can have that local deep relationship with millions of businesses now all over the world. And I think it's a global trend, but also in Australia, 98%, I think, of business tax returns are lodged through an agent. So that's clearly, and I think that's, it's been a major channel for a lot of software um, over the journey. How do you deal as a company with the, the issues around scaling up, both in numbers, but also in going into new geographies with new um requirements around uh, compliance, taxation. I mean, Australia and New Zealand are fairly similar in terms of their makeup, a different rate, but, but largely the taxes are the same. You know, how, do you, how does a company like Zero approach America with the complexity in sales tax and payroll taxes and all of that kind of stuff? You know, what, just explain how you even approach that level of, of sort of, I guess, different while you're also trying to keep customers happy at home. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so growth is hard, right? And growth also hides a multiple of sins. So we were just charging ahead for 10 years, you know, now, now we're still charging ahead 12 years, but, um, you know, we are always, um, you know, what we did really well was we raised capital to do things. And when you raise capital, you got a story. So we always had the resources to do stuff, but you always underestimated how much there is to do and how much obligation there is for each new territory that you go in. So, you know, we'd always love to be going faster with building new features, but as you're in a country, there's a big responsibility around compliance changes, you know, payrolls changing every year more frequently than that. And, um, you know, there's there's just this drag that you, and this obligation once you go into each new territory. So for us, it's just, you know, making trade-offs in the right time. So, you know, a big one we're working on at the moment is, um, is doing multi-language. You know, in hindsight, we should have done huge amount more investment right from the very beginning but that was a big investment and we would have been slow right when we had to deliver big numbers to the market so 
Um, you know, we obviously made sure over the last few years everything we do is multilingual. But do we go and enter a whole new country with a different language where we've, you know, while we're over, I think, 50% market share in, in Australia, we've still got 50% of customers to get, which are going to be the most efficient customers for us. So it's all a big balance and getting that long-term and and uh, short-term focus right. And, um, uh, you know, so far it's worked out really, really well. But that's the, that's the trade-off. So we always want to go faster and do more. But, you know, those are the hard things about business. I want to switch gears a bit and talk about the the ecosystem, which has been obviously a massive part of of the Zero journey, and now a lot of, of software vendors. You know, there's I think over 800 add-ons, there's however many 100 here. How do you go? And then, I mean, my, my feeling, and I'll disclaim this is, a, is my view, probably you know certainly not Zeros, is that a lot of them are probably have a tenuous future position if they're not bought, if they're not, if they don't find an exit strategy, you know, the capital can only last so long. How from an internal point in zero have you historically approached the concept of do we build a function or do we buy someone that's already been built? I mean, there's been some high profile acquisitions. There's you know certainly been areas where you've acquired it and it's worked out of the box, acquired it, had to rebuild it anyway, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Can you just talk, you know, I guess at a high view of how does zero approach the buy versus build discussion is there a threshold is there a is there a set of circumstances or is it just gut the rod gut oh no no there's a whole there's a whole process and we have a whole um sort of corporate dev team at the moment to do those things as well we raised uh, 300 million a few years ago just to um you know have uh, money for a rainy day and to do a bit of acquisition so we see that as part of the strategy moving forward so we've always been very pro ecosystem you know we're not of a of a mind we, we you know come from a very open background where we knew that if we could um, uh, make it easy for people to build businesses on top of us we'd, we'd you know that's a real competitive advantage to us where other you know other companies from other countries um, tend to want to own everything we never thought that at the beginning so very early on we invested in an open API and it meant that we didn't have to do everything. So, and we we get to help each other out. So it's not just the people on the payroll at zero. A whole lot of ecosystem partners are waking up every day trying to add value to our ecosystem, bring new customers in. So it's been a virtuous environment. We love that. So then, um, because we believe in the ecosystem, we have to be very careful about making acquisitions because you don't want to upset the ecosystem. We don't want to, um, you know, because if you do do an acquisition, then you, you're making it harder for other players in the ecosystem. So the way we think about it is there's a inevitability about horizontal components. Um, you know, I think one of our first acquisitions was uh, payroll, and that was because in the Australian market, the market was used to um, accounting and payroll being all in the same box. So that um, was one of our very first acquisitions was a, a payroll company. We then um, saw that all of our accounting partners all used practice software, but there really wasn't a standard one. It was so fundamental having that client database. So we, we um, acquired one of those. And um, you know, one of our more recent bigger acquisitions uh, was HubDoc. We see um, uh, that data gathering, that capture of information, the machine learning of data in, again, as a horizontal uh, c- uh, component, which logically becomes part of um, accounting software. So what we do is when we do those acquisitions, we really think about it. We think about the impact in the ecosystem um, and try to do it right. You'll notice that, um, you know, uh, you would argue we, we might compete. Uh, HubDoc and Receipt Bank might compete, but we treat them very, very fairly. And uh, they're a big part of Xerocon uh, in the UK coming up. Uh, so 
Yeah, we've been, we really try to be good citizens around that because having a flourishing ecosystem is super important. When we look at the no, we don't, if we're going to do acquisitions, because we've already got most of the customers, we don't really need to acquire for customers. We don't get any, any new customers. So we're really looking for early stage tech with great founders that aren't really leaving or finishing their journey. They're joining ours. And um, what's been really great is how well the founders we've acquired have done since purchase. And, um, you know, you look at the HubDoc, you know, their, their team are really senior people inside our business working right across the business. So that's been a good acquisition. That's an amazing insight. And there, there are a couple of, of, of key parts in there that, that I think are just going to be so important for people listening. I want to talk about, can you touch though on when an acquisition isn't available or isn't right? You know, you talk about not necessarily upsetting the ecosystem. There has been, there's chances and there always will be where a feature just needs to be built and it is going to ruffle a feather or, you know, there, there are, I guess, alternatives out there, but you go, we're going to build this feature. You know, is there any decision or is it just a lack of a viable um, uh, acquisition? Well, I think one of the things that our ecosystem team has always done is they've been very clear in communicating. So we've always said, look, horizontal components we may get to, but we haven't um, sprinted there quickly because they're covered by the ecosystem. So we give people plenty of time because we're not going to build 100% of the functionality for any one particular area. We'll do the sort of 20, 20, 80 thing. So, um, you know, there's plenty of room and we've, 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 we've really telegraphed our intentions so, and had specific conversations so that people know that, look, we may come into that space over a few years. So make sure you're building deep functionality or move, it to, move into um, more of an upmarket area um, because otherwise you don't have sustainable things if they're just features. So uh, I think we've been pretty good at communicating those sort of things. It's pretty obvious, like there's lots of people guessing our strategy and all that stuff. There's good discussion. And if people ask us direct questions, we ask them. But we've been pretty proactive about communicating because that ecosystem is so important to us. That's great. I have, I have three last very short questions. One is uh, a lot has been made, and I comment on this a lot online, the, the answer to the question of is compliance dead? It, is, it has been one of the biggest marketing messages in the add-on community. I, I just I want to hear from, the, the, in Australia, the founder of Cloud Accounting Solutions is compliance dead. I think you want to say, you want me to say it's not. So, well, you <laughs> so, say what you want. No, no, no. no. So, so compliance um, is not dead. In fact, um, what, what, obviously AI and machine learning, anything that's not adding value or is uh, mechanical and computers can do better, the trend is that will take cost out of that, which is great. But what's interesting in, in Australia is actually compliance is driving um, adoption of services. So things like single-touch payroll is something which is driving people onto the cloud. And we know that the number one way to improve your business is to, is to drive it online. And Steve said this just before, and I was like, wow, that really, really hit me. Some of the, some of the rules and the government rules are actually um, one of the big drivers that pick up the adoption of cloud which and, and educate small businesses why they should be on cloud or create reasons for them to go to cloud, which, is, which we all know is much better for them. So compliance is still a fundamental role. We want to take the cost out of it if it's not value-add. Um, so that people can involved in, in um, you know, how to use the numbers, you know, what the what's the human insight you can deliver on the numbers. And that's exactly, I mean, as you know, I've been, uh, you know, one of the first zero users and it, it's um, cloud accounting for me in my small firm has brought me such a deep customer relationship, even, you know, compliance versus advisory sort of doesn't matter. It's just, you know, certainly, as you said about mailing USB sticks and burning discs mm. and all sorts of stuff, mm. you know, you can just answer their questions and service them. My last two questions. What, 
over the journey has been the one thing that you never thought was as hard? Or what's been sort of the one biggest challenge that you reflect on that just, yeah, wasn't, you, you didn't see or sort of as you reflect, it wasn't, not about what went right or wrong, but, you know, does anything stick out as, or anything stick out as something that was just harder than you thought? <laughs> well, um, well, you know, you think you have a good product, then people know about it and would n- and naturally do the right thing and be on it. And I was with a, um, a came up uh, with a, um, a customer yesterday from the Gold Coast up to, uh, up to here, and uh, he was saying, oh, we've been on zero for six months, best thing I've ever done. And I'm like, holy cow, we've spent money on marketing for 11 and a half years. Why have you just changed now? So even though you've got a great product, actually getting it out there and telling people about it is so freaking hard. That's really, really hard work. The, one of the best things, though, and what I learned and you know why Steve's such a great leader is um, when you go through this transition, like we've got um, innovation coming out of zero for years. We know what we've got. We've got massive, big innovation projects we're working on. So that's that's really important at the beginning of the business. But what's um, really hard now and, and, and what I schools I don't really have is you've, once you get to a certain size, you've got to operate through people. And I was in the lift um, uh, with one of our senior managers uh, just yesterday who, you know, I catch up with at ZeroCons. And he was saying um, he's really focused now on building his leadership team. And there was a guy who I've, you know, had been in the business for six or seven years, came in as a fairly intermediate person, now one of our senior leaders. And he's just made that connection that for him to be successful, it's not about um, heroics from him. It's about him hiring and coaching that next level down. And uh, that's exactly why Steve's the leader of Zero now, because those are the skills that we need to keep scaling the business. And last one, what do you look back on in the, in the last 10 years? Not that, not that it's over, I'm just saying, just if, we, if we draw a line and, and look back, what's the one thing you're, you're most proud of? Um, well, I'm so proud of our people. Like uh, Craig Hudson did a session on mental health, which is pretty raw. And Craig's a big physical man, right? You know, top rugby player. And for him to be so vulnerable on stage and me and everyone else in the audience bawling their eyes out, um, just opens the con- it just gives everyone the ability to have a, a conversation about looking after people. You know, we've we've we have lost a couple of people inside zero to mental health issues, and uh, these are when you look back, you go, what could we have done? Um, uh, you know, because we we see the impact that happens for their families after that, right? So what could we have done? Why didn't we Why didn't we spot it? And you've got to have conversations, and um, I think the most proudest I've been of zero is watching Craig on stage, completely vulnerable. Um, yeah, which gives everyone in our community uh, a license now to have you know hard and important conversations with their family and friends and work colleagues. An awesome way to to wrap it up, Rod. Thank you so much. Not only what you for what you've done for the industry, uh, for my business personally, uh, the share price helps too. I'm sure for all of us um, who uh, who believed in it as well. But but no, honestly, I I think that that being on on the journey and seeing it. Um, as closely as I have, it's it's just I'm immensely, um, yeah, honoured to even be be this close and to see what you've done. So congratulations, and here's to another uh, ten plus years of, of zero, and, and you can we can all go flyboarding. Yeah, exactly. And the good thing is we seem to be looking healthier every year. So uh, you know it's really good. So thanks so much for all your support over the years, Paul. And uh, we will be flightboarding or whatever. The um, uh, finally we'll probably have. Um, hoverboards for real when we catch up in the next 10 years i look forward to that thank (laughs) you very much see ya
Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter, at Paul Meissner underscore, or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter, at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar. From the trenches. trenches.